Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Hello, welcome to uh, episode 57 of the PHP Town Hall. We have uh, myself, Ben Edmonds, and our new amazing co host, Matthew Trapp. Hey. Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hello. Hello. It's good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we also have today as a guest, Tessa Mero. Hey, Tessa. Hello. I'm Hello. here. Alive. Welcome. All right, uh, let's kick it off a little bit. Uh, so let's start with uh, Matt. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why we care. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why anyone cares, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, somehow, you, I think you texted me and you asked me if I want to do this. I said, yeah, sure. So here I am. I'm a developer at open sky i work with uh, some great people like john wage and cody covey um and dan rebel out in portland i do open source stuff i organize conferences user groups i don't know how to say no and in the spirit of my predecessor i like to bike a lot and drink not in that order <laughs> so that's me it's better to do it in that order though right than like drink and then go biking there's a uh, there's pictures floating around of like my bike hanging up with beer cans stuffed in the uh, <laughs> water bottle holders because I don't do it in that order. So, anyways, good times. Right. Uh, and you were in Nashville, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're originally Atlanta guy, and then moved to Nashville. Right? Yeah, I was in Atlanta, and then um, it just happened to work out that I moved up to Nashville to work for a startup here, and. I've been here, uh, gosh, two almost two years now. Uh, two years in October. Um, so I was in Atlanta for twenty plus years before that, and before that was places that I don't really care about. So um, I still call Atlanta home. That's that's where my home is. Cool. Yeah. All right, uh, Tessa, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, please. I am Tessa Merrow, and I'm a developer evangelist for Cisco DevNet. And same with Matt, I do a lot of community type of events. Uh, I run conferences and meetups, and people should care because I absolutely have a passion for the developer community, and I'm always trying to um, run events and, and do things where I can bring people together, and it makes me very happy to do so. And I also take advantage of people that never say uh, no to anything, like Matt, for getting some help. Oh, he's saying no now. <laughs> and I've been in the open source community, uh, and I, I, con I contributed for many, many years to the Joomla community, and I've been part of the PHP community running events. So I've been uh, in this for since like 2012, 2011, being part of communities. Nice. Do you do anything with uh, Joomla anymore? I'm uh, not in the last year and a half. I uh, stepped down uh, in the leadership, stepping away cool. and, and trying and doing new things. Yeah. Well, Matt will learn how to say no one day, right? <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> I'm so tired. Please stop asking me for things. <laughs> the truth. Uh, all right. So today we want to cover a little bit. Um, so I guess I, I told us come by it. Let's circle back. So Matt Strong is a co-host. That does not mean that Amanda is out. The uh, the idea is because uh, we all have uh, varying schedules, and especially look, Amanda travels a lot uh, for conferencing. We want to try to get a little more frequent schedule going on, um, get more people on, get this kind of ramp back up. So Matt's going to join as a rotating co-host, um, and then so sometimes it'll be me and Amanda, sometimes it'll be me and Matt, sometimes it'll be Matt and Amanda, sometimes it'll be all three of us, um, and then we'll just kind of see where it goes from there, so just so we can have a more frequent schedule and get more people's um, schedules synced up. 
That way it's not required that everyone's always present. That's kind of the idea behind that. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, the town hall's been kind of lagging for a while. So it'll be good to see it um, ramp back up. And the uh, we're going to be doing a recording at Southeast BHP. Yep. And uh, so that'll have all three of us. And then we'll have some various guests that are there. Uh, so this should be fun. Uh, all right, so today we're going to mostly talk about conferences because both um, Matt and Tessa are uh, organizing conferences, and I am not going to say too much, probably, because I've never done that, and I don't understand why you would, because it sounds very thankless, but not like a lot of work. I still can't figure out why I do it either. I just, it's like, you know how you have that, like, automatic to do things? Like, I, I automatically feel the need to run meetups and conferences. Like automatic mode, no thought to it. I just do. <laughs> Same with no, me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so. I, I handed off the reins of Nashville PHP so I could focus on Southeast PHP. Two weeks later, in our uh, local tech Slack, someone was like, "Oh, Nashville APIs is about to lose its meetup page. We should revive it." I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's a great idea. I'll do it." And now I'm sitting here, like I thought I was getting rid of my organizing duties and now I have more of them. I don't know why I keep doing this, but I do. And it seems to pay off at some point. So I figured at least one conference will be good. We'll see if we can make another one happen next year. Cool. Um, all right. So let's jump into that. Let's, let's kind of take these conferences. We've got three we want to talk about and we'll kind of take them in order when they're coming up, I guess. So the next up is Southeast, right? So um, yeah. it's in Nashville. Uh, tell us a little bit about like the idea why you're doing it, um, yeah, just whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, um, so it's next week. I can't believe I just said those words. It's I'm going to wake up on Saturday and not have to organize a conference for a year. So I am so pumped about that part. Um, we started it because we felt like we could do something a little bit different with the conference. So uh, our theme rather than like community or um, just strictly open source or something like that. It's, it's all about like what can a modern PHP developer use today to further your career, make cool applications and um, get paid doing it. And so we figure like this, this is applicable to WordPress developers, Drupal developers, Joomla, Laravel, Symphony, non-framework develop, like whatever you're doing, because we only have one framework specific talk and that's Amanda's talk, which is about Lumen uh, building APIs. Everyone else's talk is not at all centered around a framework, just centered around concepts and uh, just tooling. So like we have Jonathan Wade talking about doctrine. We have uh, Ben talking about app security. We have um, David Stanley coming in talking about testing your APIs. We have seen what Junior talking about the pipeline pattern, things like that. So we really wanted to, branch off what is like a, a community field in conferences. We are a community conference, but try and provide a little something different than what you usually see. Um, we're also like secretly hoping that maybe just maybe one company is like, Oh, Nashville is awesome. And we want to establish an office there so we can help grow the, the PHP community even by two or three jobs. Um, so that's, that's our goal. Um, that's a I mean, cool goal there at the end. I haven't really heard anybody talk about that. I guess that would really encourage that though, right? Because if you're looking for where you want to go, you want to see that there is kind of a thriving community there. That's that's what we're hoping for. You know, I mean, like, like I know Sunshine PHP, they have uh, usually this one recruiting sponsor there, but there's never like a, a draw to this, to why should you come to Miami to establish a business or an office or anything like that. So, we're kind of hoping to, because Nashville is up and co- still up and coming, um, we, we hope we can say, you know, hey, you know, you can get in early, you can find a good office that's not going to break the bank, and, you know, already get tied into a pretty thriving community that has people like myself, Marcus Holbright, Ben Ramsey, uh, what was Jacques Woodcock, rest in peace, Cal was here. You know, we have a very thriving PHP community that uh, we want people to tap into. <laughs> I was hoping one of y'all would jump in. I just kept talking, so I was like, "Oh, it's painful." It's really great. You're doing a lot of things. 
Good job, Matt. You did things. <laughs> Not getting fired today. Wait, I don't know. No, I mean it's it's like we. I went to um, what was it? I always get a mix up. Longhorn is the one that shut down, right? I'm Lone pretty Star. sure. Lone Star shut down. Longhorn picked up. So I went. Yeah, I went to Lone Star last year, and uh, like with them shutting down, True North shutting down. Uh, we didn't really know that Pacific Northwest was moving yet, so we were all kind of like, "Well, there's like this void of conferences, so we could do something." And then, oh, do what? The hardest part about running a conference is wondering if you're going to even go near breaking budget or just breaking budget. I mean, I'm breaking even on the budget and being able to pay for your event. It's it's almost like you'll have sleepless nights every day for a year until your event, and then you get this 24 hour of of a high and excitement, and then you do it all over again. It's a, it's a lot of planning, a lot of tasks. <laughs> so to that point, that was our conversation yesterday was how far are, are we from breaking even? Um, and I can, I mean, we're within a thousand dollars. So oh, um, really, that seems pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we got so we got really lucky with Nashville. Uh, Jacques, one of his parting gifts to us before he left was um, an organization called the Technologist Federation of Nashville, and so they handle all of the legal, all of the paperwork. Um, like our conference didn't need to file for five hundred one c three. We didn't need a bank account. Um, TechFed just did it all for us for ten percent of all the money we take in. So you know, it's one of those little situations. But so. Um, one of the good things is that, like, certain sponsors, I won't name their names, but it starts with an O and ends with Oracle. Oh, wait. Oops. <laughs> um, you know, they're notorious for making people jump through hoops. And I had to, I had to take phone calls from people in India a couple weeks ago to do paperwork and all this stuff. But the cool thing is that TechFed will um, front us the money if the contract is signed and they know we're getting the money. So... While Oracle may take their sweet, sweet time, I at least can go to bed and say, okay, I know we're getting X amount of money from them. TechFed knows it, so we're good. So it, it it balances out there. Like That that 10% is like what keeps me asleep at night, basically. Well, this seems like a really cool service, though, right? Because it took you forever to get the 501c for your Seattle stuff, didn't it, Tessa? Yeah, it was mostly... Uh not being able to figure out how to fill out the paperwork and giving up uh, over a dozen times. And then I finally sat down and took the time to read it very like word per word and filled it out correctly. And I was able to resubmit it and get it approved. But that's, uh, that's a really, really difficult process to do. And I did not want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like 10% would be a great price to pay to just not have to worry about it. Right. Yeah, I mean it. It it just saves us because like anytime we have a, a contract, so like Twilio is like, yeah, we want to sponsor you. We just do a quick Google form. It generates a contract. We send it to them. We Twilio. forward it to do what? Twilio is the easiest process I've ever been through with any sponsor. They were pretty easy. Uh, a shout. I mean, I'll shout out to Ring Central, Mike So. He made it super painless. Um, Oracle, like they jumped on it, and now I have to jump through hoops. So I guess you know it's it's fair, and they they know I'm short, so they keep holding the hoop just a little bit higher than I can jump. <laughs> so I have to like jump onto somebody and jump over. Um, but so with the five hundred one c three though, did you do one for Pacific Northwest first, yeah. and then did you were you able to transfer to Open or uh, to API City, or is this a whole new five hundred one c three you have to do? Uh, currently, API City is just a nonprofit. I plan on making it a 501c3, uh, but uh, the cost of it doesn't make sense to spend that kind of money right now. Um, any kind of uh, additional money needs to go straight into marketing. Mm -hmm. and that's what I've been uh, working a lot on. I spent almost the whole weekend on uh, doing marketing-related work for the conference. So what, what kind of marketing stuff are you diving into? Um, Pre-writing tweets, uh, I sent out uh, a message to about 25 different technology meetup groups in the last uh, couple days. 
and I worked out some marketing deals with uh, different groups. Uh, one has a mailing list of 16,000 people in, the, in tech. It's called Seattle New Tech. Uh, so I just made a payment to uh, send out an email to all of them and also get a free registration ticket because it costs money to go to the meetup and to be able to make announcements there next week. So stuff related to that. And I've been uh, just talking to a lot of different companies. That cool. I have, I still have the events two months away. I still haven't taken the, had the time to reach out to sponsors. Uh, but so far uh, I've been talking to a lot of sponsors that's reached out to me first or, or people that I knew from companies or represented companies. So it's going okay. <laughs> Not great yet, but it will be. It, it always oh, for sure. Perfect. Every conference always ends perfect. As long as you don't give up. If you give up at any point in time, it's 100% failure. If you don't give up, it's almost a 100% success rate. Oh, I wake up every Monday giving up and then by Tuesday I'm back at it. So <laughs> yeah. I, fig I figured that part out. Um, I get like, since you did um, PHP Northwest and then you switched to API city, when you're like selecting talks and everything, did you notice like, was it harder picking talks for like languages and concepts that maybe you weren't so familiar with on like the PHP conference where you really had a, a pulse of the community? Did you notice anything kind of like that? I struggled really hard and there I saw some PHP talks and I cried a little bit when I rejected them. Like I, tears came out out of one eye. <laughs> but you picked Phil, so that's kind of okay. I didn't pick anything that was too language specific. I tried to keep it general, but not too general. And mm -hmm. that made it very difficult at the same time. I had a couple people that has experience um, with these types of events help me out through the whole reviewing process. And the other person that has been helping a lot um, is a reviewer at many other API conferences. Is his name Ken Lane? You can say it. His name is Gareth Jones. Oh. I think that's his last name. I have to double check. Gareth. I just thought it'd be cool if it was Ken's. I was like, oh, I love Ken. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, he is very wonderful. Let's see what Gareth Jones. Yeah, that's his name. He's been oh, the very most cool. been very, very helpful, like with any any task that needs to be done. So he's basically a co-organizer without taking the title. But I'm giving it to him. That's his <laughs> title. <laughs> no choice. Yeah. It that's what he gets for saying yes. <laughs> so uh, let's jump into yours, Tessa. So what, what conferences do you have going on? Sure. There's the API City Conference in October 3rd and 4th of this year. And then, and that's the one that I'm mainly organizing. Uh, the other API conference, I'm on the organizing team, um, helping out with the review team. And the team is pretty big. And it's a, it's a great, it's a really big event, too. Um, in my eyes, uh, with the whole team and the, uh, the speakers. And that event's on September 24th to the 26th in Nashville, where Matt lives. And that's why he has no choice but to go, because he has no, there's no excuse to not go at API Strat, right? Yes. Uh, if I can afford a <laughs> ticket, I will totally be there. All you have to do is ask him to uh, help with something. He's going to say yes, right? So like, he can help, oh, wait. help out. <laughs> Wait, I think I already mindlessly said yes to helping him do something, so shit. <laughs> beep. <laughs> Where's that beep sound for the landlord? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. This, this, this is definitely the adult advisory. Yeah. <laughs> no beep. This is here. the adult yeah. version of the, the PHP podcast. No, I, I reached out to Ken. I reached out to uh, Mike, so I know they're both going to be in Nashville. Um, so at least get dinner. We can do like that Nashville hot chicken or something delicious. Nice. That sounds fun. Yeah, it should be. I'm, I'm excited that it's going to be here because it helps, you know, foster more of the Nashville developer community anyways. Definitely. I like how they've been changing locations. Last year, I attended last year's API Strat event and it was in Portland, Oregon. That was a lot of fun for me because it was a four hour road trip. And I <laughs> love road trips, especially when it's I'm going to an event. So that, that sums it up with um, API City and API Strat. Um, more about API City. I have a social dinner party going on on the first day of the event, October 3rd. And it's located on a beautiful waterfront venue. 
they reached out to me and um, made a really good deal, uh, a better deal than I can find than any venue in Seattle, which is why I decided to pick a venue like right across the water. What is the venue? It's called Kitsap Conference Center. It is so oh. beautiful in the session rooms. Like when you look out the window, there's window huge windows all around. All you can see is water, the hmm. ocean water. Uh, one thing that I'm focusing on is diversity, networking, and accessibility. Uh, I have a company coming in to do live captioning where they type everything that the speaker is saying live on a big screen. So if you're hard of hearing, you'll be able to just read right off the screen, which is- That's um, really cool. Have you um, ever done that at a conference before? I have never done that before. So I've been planning the live captioning for, I think the last two or three months. I wanna make mm -hmm. sure I fully understand uh, the logistics and requirements in order to successfully have that without any kind of issues. Do you think, um, is there any issue with like technical terms? Do you think that'll work out well? It'll be interesting. I think it yeah. might give some laughs. They have asked if I can provide slides with maybe slide notes uh, to help determine. So they, they uh, as part of the package, they study the slides and information beforehand to prevent from these type of things from happening. Okay. I, kinda, I don't mind it. I don't mind them making mistakes because I think it'll put a lot of smile on people's faces and get them to loosen up a bit. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> also, uh, Microsoft is sponsoring the uh, Women in Tech Luncheon. They call it like, non-binary and women luncheon. So that's going to be interesting. I also decided to maybe theme the event pink. I'm having a, our graphic designer redo our logo to be pink. It's actually my favorite color. And I want to focus on a lot of what I like for this event, YOLO. <laughs> I like it, it's cool. Yeah, make it. Um, one thing I'm doing about this conference, I have been to hundreds and hundreds of conferences. I can't even keep track or count. I'm taking the best and my favorite things out of every conference I've been to and putting it all in this conference, the best of everything. And one thing that I've never really seen at a conference is a break between every single session. I've been at conferences where it's like back to back to back to back. And like, I don't, I, and a lot, I can see a lot of people, they're like afraid to get up after the next talk starts. So I'm making a 15 minute break between every single session and a three hour lunch break each day. And with the lunch break, you're not eating for three hours. There's going to be some kind of uh, fun, unannounced event that's going on. I am leaning towards uh, an API scavenger hunt. I haven't worked out the details of that. Uh, if I give up and fail on that idea, I need to find another idea. So that's why I'm not, that, so it's unannounced. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, I like that because a lot of people, especially if you're a local, a lot of times you have, you know, obligations at home at night, right? So you have to leave the conference when it's over. So you don't get much time to really talk to people and network. That's cool. Yeah. That it's kind of built in. So it's, I would say that anyone who attends this event, there's absolutely no way you're not going to like not meet anyone. There's so much time to network and, and there's going to be a lot of different types of activities going on through the event. Depends on budget. So I can't promise everything. I'm also doing a student program where students get to register for almost nothing, pennies on the dollar. And they get to be connected to a senior software engineer or uh, any kind of senior mentor to guide them and, and help them out through the whole event. So that way they always have someone to go to. I might even think about a buddy system. There's a lot of people that goes to a conference for the first time. And uh, anyone who suffers social anxiety, I have through my whole life. And, but I, can, I now manage it very, very well. Uh, to walk into a group or walk into a lunchroom or walk into any kind of group, like your heart races, your mind freezes, and you kind of freak out. Uh, so I'm going to find ways to make sure that doesn't happen to anyone and nobody gets any kind of bad anxiety. For example, at the lunchroom, instead of having a bunch of open tables and you're like, oh my God, where do I sit? Uh, no one wants to hang out with me. 
Um, I'm going to put like signs on each table to make it more welcoming. Like this is the extrovert table. This is people who are into node.js table. So it's going to be all themed. So that way you can kind of pick what group you want to sit with. And if you want to meet a different group of people, you can sit at a different table. And there's going to be a quiet table, like where no one can talk to each other for people that just wants to sit in their own mind and, and think. And I do that a lot. I like to just like, it's loud in my mind. So I can like sit and just like plan and think a lot of things without saying a word or even noticing anything going on around me. <laughs> it's part That's of like, cool. Yeah. It is like a, a real stressful thing, right? Cause like I've done a lot of conferences and I, I'm pretty much okay chat with strangers, but it's still when you go to one that's not where you're used to, if I go to one that's not a PHP conference, it feels really kind of awkward and out of place to just wander up to a group of strangers and start talking to them. Um, Cause you feel like you know, maybe I don't know the content. So having like a theme to the table is pretty cool. Yeah. And this idea I found at another event that I've been to a couple years back. I can't recall which one it was, but it was a, a pretty large event of thousands and thousands of people. But they, each table was themed. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I found the PHP table and I sat down immediately and got involved in conversations. And I've never had that happen before, ever going to a new conference and, and sitting down at any lunch table. There's no awkward silences. It's like immediate conversations with every single person. That's awesome. Um, go ahead. And um, you mentioned, like, what is your goal at the end of the conference? My number one goal is for people to make new friends, new business connections, take home business cards. I'm all about, I'm a pe people, well, half people person. <laughs> and I enjoy bringing people together and seeing them connect with each other. And I would say I'm a professional level when it comes to that. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice, all right, cool. Um, okay, Any, anything uh, you wanna cover? Any, either of y'all about that? Uh, I would love for people to show up if you're local to the Seattle area or the Pacific Northwest, come by to the API City Conference or or simply just share the information. Uh, it might not be a big deal to you to just like send out a tweet, but it like means the world to me and makes my entire day to see someone that actually shares uh, information I'm trying to market or, or get out there. And especially with other people, when they're talking about their events, they're talking about their meetups. It, if you just share their information, it, it's, it's a huge deal. So I try to spend time to, sometimes I'll just go through Twitter and see if anyone is uh, running any type of events or trying to get a word out and I will share that information. That's very cool. So um, out of all the conference organizing you've done over the years, like what is the biggest thing you dread about an organizing a conference, any conference? Yes, I have an instant answer for that. I've, I get like nightmares every night. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I'm going to always do this type of stuff. Uh, but a, a lot of people register last minute. Um, it happened. I think I got 50% of my registrations at the last year's PHP conference of the last few days of the event. Wow. Really? Even on the, on the day, on the day of the event, I had quite a few people register and I wasn't going to break even, and I was uh, very uh, stressed out that I was going to have to pay out of pocket for the event. And uh, last-minute registrations fixed that situation. So, Matt, uh, you said you're coming close to breaking even. You will because there's going to be people registering the day of. Make sure if you're using Eventbrite or whatever registration tool, make sure you extend it so people can still purchase a ticket during the event because they're going to ask you. And uh, two years ago... At a previous conference, I made it end in the morning so people weren't able to register online. And no one has know. cash on them. And that's a very uncomfortable situation to accept cash. I like to everything to be electronic and, and, and traceable, which makes it really easy for accounting purposes. Yeah, that's that's my biggest fear because uh, we have to order like name badges um, this week. And I've had uh, Ian Littman messaging me and he's like, you know, don't worry, you're going to get like all of your signups. And like last week, and we already have um, 120 people or so registered, but 
Uh, I mean, that's including all of our speakers. So we have about a hundred people solidly coming. And so Ian's like, Oh yeah, we, we got another 50 or 60 two or three days prior. And I'm like, Oh, I got to order all these name badges now. And when so. did you, when did you get a majority of your registrations? Was it all prior to two months mm. or was it all in the last, last few weeks? So, I mean, we've been incredibly shameless about our ticket sales. Uh, we created, I created a, um, a discount code for every single, for just about every single PHP user group I could think of in the Southeast. Like anyone who's within like a five hour drive of Nashville is like, Hey, here's a discount code for tickets. You know, I don't care. Use them. Um, and in the past month we jacked it up from 10% to 20%. So I was like, you know, I'll take a 20% cut on tickets, hoping that I get four or five, six people to sign up. Um, we also to, we tried to create instant FOMO by um, offering, I think, 25 tickets at like $100 the minute we released tickets. Um, hoping that to get was like actually pretty cool the way it did that. It was such a sharp difference. Yeah, it, we, I mean, we, we hope to get like the, the usual suspects of the, you know, the PHP world to quickly buy a ticket and then um, start tweeting about it. You know, we had like McCola, Ian, David, Abernathy, um, Joe Ferguson, they all bought tickets real fast and started tweeting about us. We created uh, FOMO for us. So that really helped drive tickets. But it, it's like, it, it kind of just comes in waves. Like, we'll sell one, we'll sell two, and then a company buys 10, and then we're back to one and two. Or then a company buys like three or four more, and then a speaker buys one, and we get excited. And so we see that's like zero dollars, and we're all like, oh, that's terrifying. But, <laughs> but so, I mean, like, We've just been shamelessly using Twitter and Slack, basically, to just promote the word. Um, and so we're we're hoping that we get a few. We want the last minute signups. Like I, I'd rather like have to hand create name badges or something. So we'll see. I'm excited though. If you need help with the name badge stuff, I've I've had a very limited, almost no budget, and had to put together name badges, and I can give you information on what I use. I just have to. Oh. Do a quick Google search and find that information. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Like we're using Eventbrite links to, I think, conferencebadge.com. Um, and they seem pretty helpful, but I know I'm going to have to order blank ones and have a Sharpie uh, write it out. Um, you can you can have them printed right off your computer. And then you can just buy the little piece of plastics that are like a few pennies each and then put put it in each one or or just hand them hand it to them, the lanyard and the plastic and then the badge and then have them all put it together themselves and you'll save like three hours of time <laughs> that's a good idea that that is actually something we're going to consider looking into yeah like the other thing we're doing too oh go ahead i might do that like people don't really care about high quality expensive fancy badges they just need to be able to know what your name is when they walk by you or know how to greet you make it yeah simple. And the other the other thing we're doing with name badges too, um, which is something I haven't seen done at PHP conferences yet, but um, I bought like 300 green dots and 300 red dots off of Amazon, and we're going to put a green dot and a red dot in with everyone's badge. And so um, if you have social anxiety or you're an introvert and you get tired from talking or you just don't feel like talking to people, um, we're going to use the red dot, green dot system. So like, Green dot basically means, hey, you know, come talk to me. I want to talk to you kind of thing. Um, red dot is going to be, you know, I'm not really feeling like talking. Please don't talk to me. Um, and we're also going to try and do that with photos too. You know, some people are like photogenic and they'll photobomb every single thing they can, like me, as long as I can see over someone's shoulder. Um, or like, you know, some other people are very cagey about being, uh, having photos taken of them. So because I have the camera, which is going to be terrible, uh, I'm just going to look and you know, if, if it's a red dot, then I'll either ask or just make a bl blanket statement. You know, if, if it's a red dot, I'm going to try my best not to take a photo of you. Just to kind of respect people's privacy and you know let them feel more comfortable uh, than what they may expect at a conference. I like that idea. So the red dot and the um, green dot is or whether you want to be left alone or and talk to people, is that the same with the photo, like the same exact dots to use as whether you want to get your picture taken or not? Um, for this, for this year, I'm going to run with that only because I only bought 
red dots and green dots. I probably could have gotten like blue and orange as well and kind of mix match them. But um, we might come up with a better system next year. It might be like some sort of um, a question on like the Eventbrite sign up or something um, for us to gauge better. But it also, you know, having 200 people and I'm already horrible with names as it is. So like a quick check and seeing like a red dot is like a quick reminder. Don't take their photo or ask them first rather than try and remember like, Oh, that is so-and-so. And I don't think they like their photo taken. So I have a, another idea to add on to that. Um, sure. Ideas are mostly inspired by other people's great ideas, by the way. I saw someone post saying thank you to this conference. This conference had a sign in a whole corner of the conference called Introverts Zone for people to just sit down and wind down from being around people and get their brain back together so they can go back out and, and talk again and, and hang out again. And I like yeah, that. Yeah, I love that because like a lot of conferences when you're a speaker, they have a speaker's room or a speaker's lounge and it's pretty quiet. You can just kind of get some work done or just chill. Um, I imagine that an attendee, you know, people in that just as much. Attendees lounge, like shh, quiet. This is the attendees lounge. Yeah, quiet. Yeah. Quiet. So we're I we're trying to put that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the venue that I have also has a small room that can fit. Maybe it's like a closet style room that can fit maybe five or ten people in there. Not enough room to do anything. So I'm thinking, oh, that you know, there's there's people that need to do their prayers each day that would be a great room for that or um, for any different types of uh, cultures um, that may need a, a small quiet room so I'm going to be able to offer that I'm pretty excited to just have so many different things like there's just so much space and so many different rooms that I have to use I can really get creative with it that's cool um, what's your venue like Matt in Nashville uh, I mean it's just a standard PHP venue, hotel, conference area mixed together. Um, we will be roughly five minutes from the airport, which I figure is really nice for people traveling. You know, they, uh, especially with, like international travelers, travelers, they like to be close to the airport. It's kind of like a little sense of security for them. Um, but you're also 15 minutes max from downtown. So one night, if you wanted to go check out Broadway or, um, if there's a band in town or you want to go to a baseball game, like you're, you're, it's not even going to be like a, a $6 lift ride to take you down to the venue. Um, the venue itself, it's all been redone. It's all been uh, renovated. So it's like all brand new, um, super spacious. It's, it's like a one-off hotel. I don't, I don't even know if it's owned by a chain. It's just, it's kind of its own thing. Um, oddly enough is the first place I ever visited in Nashville was this hotel because there's like a guitar expo there. So like every floor had amps and guitars and pedals and um, funny enough, it just turned out to be the same venue that we picked for the conference. It just kind of worked out that way. They've been super great about working with us. Um, and they gave us a room for uh, the organizers and we're turning that into kind of like a, uh, I don't want to say like a panic room, but like a room for like, if, if you have any kind of like elevated mental health situation, uh, we can give you the key and you can kind of go sequester yourself even further away from the conference until you can kind of come off of whatever's going on. Um, That's cool. So That's really cool. We're, we're pretty excited about that because, you know, you don't, we don't really see that many PhD conferences, um, even with all the work that like OSMI has done, you know, we're excited to try and break the mold a little bit. Um, but other than that, it should be, should be a pretty nice venue. Um, poolside bar. So uh, that's where the happy hour is going to be taking place. Um, oh, shit. It's huge. Yeah, I know. It's going to be terrible. Uh, it's going to have a big old ballroom for the keynotes, a uh, couple breakout rooms. Um, and we're the only event there. So, like, we have pretty much full reign of the entire space. So, should be great. Our speaker dinner is going to be at, like, a traditional southern restaurant uh, that's in an old uh, southern-style, like, mansion with, like, the old school antebellum architecture oh, nice. like the white classic like stuff. yeah classic like meat and three and then of course there will be hot chicken so we will we will find a way to make that happen i like that idea of having a room that requires a key to get into for one person only and instead of doing a prayer room i can make it 
like that. So if someone has an important phone call or if they just need to sit down and just scream or just have complete silence and just need to be away from everything, I can like put paper over the window. And so that way they can like, you know, their anxieties of being around people, they can, you know, relax and um, re recuperate. I think I'm going to do that for sure. Those ideas. No, I, I think I think it's great. I, I don't even know where I pulled it from. I think I think I did like a, a podcast for OSMI Magento, and I just kind of pulled it out of my head. I was like, oh, "This is a great idea," and then and when I saw the possibility, I ran with it. The hardest thing I think though is going to be um, keeping track of the key and managing. Like, because obviously, I don't want to like go up to the room and like kick somebody out because someone else needs to use the room. But at the same time, like you know, people need to be respectful of other people's needs and everything, you know, if someone's praying or if someone has to nurse or if someone has to, if, if they have like some sort of like bipolar manic episode and they need to take care of it, you know, we need to find a way to logistically work around everyone. So that's, that's kind of like the current problem I'm working on is how can I safely manage this? I think I can use like Twilio's API in a, like a an array or something and keep track, but I'm, We'll see. That's kind of cool. I, there's like, there's a number you text to get in the queue or something. You text it when it's open. That's that's kind of people. People might want to be anonymous, right? They might not want. <laughs> well, it, it's not going to go like it's not going to be broadcasted out to everyone. It it probably just be texted to like the organizers. So oh, like, I like that. I like that. So uh, if you do make something, uh, make sure it's open source so I can fork it. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm gonna start with planning with that, and I'm just gonna go old school for, for to just get it going. I'm gonna have like a sign and sheet, and you know, an occupied unoccupied sign on the door, and have someone responsible for managing that and and just sticking around that area. Yeah, yeah that's that, cool. that, that, like, like really no, that would be easier to get a text message though when they're done. But, yeah, I, I figure it's two ways. One, it lets us know if the room needs to be occupied. And then at the same time, like we can have a running queue of like who needs to go, who wants to go in there, and we can keep track and um, all that kind of stuff. Like we're already using Twilio. We um, we created a number uh, for any sort of code of conduct type situation that forwards to both the organizer's phone and an outside person who's not involved with our conference as like a independent mediator type person. So like we've already. I've already given Twilio a lot of my money to manage this conference and they've given me a lot of my money back in different ways. And so I figured, you know, one, what's one more number that I can hang out with. I, and I just realized Twilio is sponsoring uh, my event. So it would make sense to be able to use something like that and, and be able to demonstrate and tell other people at the event. And it's a good way to market back for them. You might can even get them to like make it for you. You talk to that person. How am I supposed to escape my problems if I can't code it myself? I'm just asking you something <laughs> you else. Have organizer <laughs> yeah. How am, I, how am I supposed to distract myself from drinking, biking, and organizing all these things if I can't just write some code? <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, um, I'm, I'm only just, I'm, I'm worried about the, the room just, you know, in case like something, in case one person's in there and another person desperately needs to get in there because they're having like a massive anxiety attack or something and we don't have a plan B, you know, what what could we do? Because the last thing I want to do is go to the room and, you know, like knock and knock and knock and knock and force the other person to panic and we have all this situation. Like, I love to think about like the worst possible thing that could happen. And so trying to think that way through. Um, the other, the last cool thing about this venue, um, it's cool to some people, but the chef is a vegan, um, which I know vegans have been hit or miss food-wise at conferences. So um, we've been trying to spread that word, too, just in case there's any PHP vegans out there. And um, I see that, Ben. Uh, Sorry. It, 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 no. It's, it's, it's I'm the opposite here. of that. <laughs> I want hot chicken three times a day. But so, like when we when we got that, like I know Jessica Marhan is a vegan, so when we told her and she was oh, she's really about it, yeah, do what? She's gonna be stoked. She always has problems when food comes. 
Yeah, she she messaged us about uh, a previous conference, and we we asked real fast, and um, the venue was like, "Oh no, our chef is a vegan." I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's cool." So, oh, I, I'm one thing with that. I want to mention is a mistake I've made at a previous conference is I had a count for how many vegetarians there were and, and I had it open for anyone to grab, but there was a sign there and people still grab the vegetarian food. So the vegetarians didn't end up getting their vegetarian food. So this year I'm going to make sure I have people's food um, wrapped like special on the side for them. Like when it comes to vegan or or any kind of dietary restrictions, maybe not exactly vegetarian, but all the um, other ones. Yeah, for vegans, uh, I mean, it might make them feel a little singled out, but they're going to have to ask for the vegan meal. But that also prevents other people from taking their food. So it, it's kind of it's it's like a lesser of two evils type situation. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think for them to get, cause I've been a vegetarian for a year and a half and I've been to events where there was only meat options. And that's where I get very upset when I'm n- unable to eat after I eat, I'm happy and fine. I don't think about anything else. <laughs> I just want meat. <laughs> yeah. I can't understand, but I respect it. It sounds horrible. Right. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, all right, so let's chat a little bit about just travel and conferences coming up and stuff. We'll probably end it with that. Uh, what all do y'all have coming up travel-wise? So uh, for myself, I have Matt's conference, and then I have White PHP. Uh, and that's about it for conferences for the year, hopefully. Nice. Uh, what about you, Tessa? In August this month, I am... Out of going out of state, I'm going to a Cisco sales conference called GSX, Cisco GSX, uh, the third week of August. And right after that, I'm going on a vacation, a mini vacation to Minnesota. I've been there before for a conference, but that's uh, for visiting. I'm using my miles and I'm taking oh, my nice. to the Mall of America. And, oh, I love that. And so we're going to visit family while we're out there. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And September, I might go to API Strat. I don't see why not. And then I have my conference going on. I also am going to a Caribbean's Developers Conference in October. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> so great. A, a lot of noteworthy speakers in the API industry that will be at this event. There's a huge speaker lineup. It's a huge event. That's fair. That sounds awesome. Then the Dominic Dominican. Dominican Republic. I know how to say it, but I say it wrong three times every single time before I get it right. <laughs> Dominican. There you go. Dominican yep. Republic. Got it. Let's see. I'll be doing Southeast PHP and then I'm going to Cascadia in September. Um, I might be at World. I don't know yet. I went there last year for uh, to hang out with uh, the OSMI table kind of uh do that and then i'm also doing i'm going to columbus to speak for at like a company-wide all-hands meeting for um osmi as well so i mean that's non-php at all but they they wanted they saw ed's talk and they wanted someone and so because i'm the closest i get to go so you, said you mentioned osmi correct osm yeah. oh so i have a, a speaker joe i think it's joe uh from osmi that I have to, I have to go back and check the name. I don't, I think it was a different one and I'm going to do something at the event to support the organization. I haven't planned oh, that. Cool. I supported OSMI at last year's, the PNWPHP conference. And I did a, a raffle. Twilio sponsored a big prize. And I think an Xbox, a special kind of Xbox one. And everyone yeah. bought raffle tickets and 100% of the proceeds went straight to uh, OSMI. It was pretty exciting. That's cool. That, that's awesome. If I could figure out how to like help someone ship an Xbox back, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, we had the so price. You could do, um, um, do like a Switch, right? And then you could um, carry it. I can, I can make an option for them to either carry it home or 
I can ship it for them. I don't see, I'm, I have no problem doing all these little extra tasks for other people. Uh, I don't, I make my free time to help others. So what's one more little thing, you know? I would just be afraid that the Xbox would get damaged in some way and then they'd come back at me and yell at me. And... So I don't know. But I, I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's awesome that you do that kind of stuff. I mean, as a volunteer, it always helps. Like, it's always great when we go to different cities and there's like a smiling face and someone we know to at least hang out with for one night. So it's not like super lonely in all these random ass cities that we go to. Um, Mm-hmm. But now, now I'm going to try and figure out if there's something we can do. Um, I know one of the gifts we're giving away. I have this big red Zen elephant here. This guy, huge thing that I'm going to have all the speakers sign, and then we're going to uh, might raffle that off for Osamaya. I think that might be a good idea because I know like James Sitcom will be here, and he wants it. he wants all the elephants he can get. So I know I can like shake him down for a couple bucks. And instead of having speakers draw on it, because over time it might, the writing might wear down and it'll just look like a really dirty elephant. What if you like had it include like a, a card where all the speakers can sign like a, a thank you for contributing to OSMI organization. It's a good idea. Yeah. And There's also a little, uh, little elephant cape or something that everybody can write on the cape. I do have that cape Amanda bought me. Yeah, so <laughs> I got I got to find it. Running. I don't know where it is. It's it's somewhere around my apartment. Um, uh, but we also so I teased it out. Um, I think last week or two weeks ago, we made like a, a, a old Nashville style poster for a concert with all the speakers' names on it. Uh, we printed one of them off, just one. So we're gonna try and ever like people were going crazy over it. So I think we're gonna try and. Um, Use that as a way to maybe raise some money for OSMI as well. So yeah, that that poster is really cool. We got one, just one. How hard was it to print more, Matt? It's like do what? Look at the quantity button, man. I want to see this. Uh, I can. I'll have to go through my tweets and find it, but I'll go. I'll find it. Yeah, you can show me later. Oh, for sure. Sweet little fan. <laughs> I am <laughs> dying. It's so hot in here. <laughs> One day I will install an AC unit. My office is in my living room. So a portable AC unit wouldn't make sense because it would just fill up the whole house of air. I can't close it off. Yeah, you have to get like, just do one tiny room, right? And that's just the room you live in for one month in the summer. (laughs) Uh, I would have to kick a a kid out of their room. Yeah, you should do that. And then the kids can just cry and suffer outside and just have like more (laughs) locks. But that, that's also hot air that you're kicking out too. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know your kids. Uh, there's uh, a, I put that tweet in the the show chat. Uh, it's the style is called Hatch Show Print, um, and it's all like letterpress done. I would, like the poster's not letterpress, but like the, the old style would be letterpress, and um, you know, all the old people like Elvis, the Beatles, monkeys. Um, Johnny Cash, they all had a poster like this. And so it's kind of just one of those things that um, you can go toward the museum and everything. So we had our designer throw one. He 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 was getting really into this. We actually had to be like, calm down, buddy. Is there a license to this uh, image idea? I really like this as a speaker gift idea to give each speaker a poster to remember this moment. Um, there's, I don't know about the licensing, but I can pass you to you. Well, I have, I have a graphic designer, so she can just probably redesign it, but the same concept. Uh-oh. Let me see. Hat show. Your mic muted for a second. I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, you That was weird. <laughs> like, yeah, so there's like all the hat show print styles. But so, yeah, I mean, we figured it was... Just short of like giving everyone a bottle of Jack Daniels for Tennessee, we figured this is kind of like the closest we could get to like creating something very Nashvilleian without like. I have a comment. Do what? I've been to an event where I wanna, or or I remember someone giving me a bottle of wine, and I was not able. I only do carry-on luggage, and you can't put liquids in your carry-on luggage, so I had to 
I literally threw it in the garbage and I felt really bad because I didn't have time to drink it. Uh, so it, I think um, maybe to the local locals presenters to have one mm -hmm. or ask if they have uh, check if they're checking in luggage. And if not, maybe give them an, a different option. Oh yeah. We're, I mean, we're not giving anyone bottles of Jack Daniels, but if, you know, if you want to go buy it, you're more than welcome to. Um, oh, okay. But we figure like, we, we have some cool stuff lined up for speakers, gifts, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, everyone's welcome to go try Nashville hot chicken and tell us how great it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. Is there a way to check hot chicken for the flight back? Do you really want to ask that question? I, I know people who've done it. Uh, Nair Kasbergen, I think is her name. She works was, was, was it like freeze-dried or something? Yeah. No, she picked it up like fresh from Hattie B's and then oh, took it wow. right to the airport. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, as much as I love hot chicken, the last time I want it, the last place I want to eat it is, um, is, is in the airport before like a three hour flight. Cause I've just, you know those people that you like, you're really hungry. So you've been flying all day and then they pull out this like pizza in the seat next to you on the plane. They just yeah. see you when you're stuck there. Like, be that guy, but hot chicken. That's <laughs> not a hot chicken. It's just tearing into it. Yeah. everywhere, grease. <laughs> I'm always eating on the airplane. I really struggle with airplane food. Oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> I, I worked with an engineering team like six, seven years ago where most of the team traveled to China three weeks every, every single month to work in our factory. And, oh, there's always one person out of our team that came back with food poisoning from eating airplane food every single month, really? all time. Ooh. So I, I try to limit what I'm eating and what kinds of foods I'm eating if I am, or I'll just like buy some Mexican food or, or anything and bring it on the airplane. And then I'll load up on snacks too. Cause I'm always hungry for some reason. Usually when I go on planes, I'm just like, I just want to sit down, put my headphones in and just forget the next three hours <laughs> as best as possible. Like I don't, I've had some like bad experiences on planes where I'm just like, no, this is not good. But I know if I travel international, like the cheap way to do it is say that you're a vegetarian or halal or something. Cause then, you know, like they're going to especially make your food ahead of time and mark the seat that you're in. So like you get delivered. So when we came back from Abu Dhabi last year, like I was supposed to have the aisle seat and this lady asked if I would just sit on the inside. And it was in retrospect, I should have said no, because I was, it made the 15 hour flight 10 times worse. But so they didn't, she didn't tell the flight attendants about the, her switch. And she was, I think vegetarian or something. So like they brought her food to me and I'm like, what is this? This is, this is like, Christmas, I get fresh, free food, and turns out it's for her. So now I know if I do any international traveling, it's just mark myself as something that requires special preparation so I get fresh food. Nice. Never go wrong with fresh food. I've had a worst flight experience to Europe once, uh, quite a few years ago. No, I think it was to Asia. There was a person that was sitting directly behind me, and it was a completely full flight. And this person took off their shoes and, you know, it's not usually that bad of a smell, but I have an intense like sense of smell and I can really smell, I can smell people's breaths from a distance from me. That's how like extreme my sense of smell is. And the smell was so bad. Like I had to plug my nose and I plugged my nose for 10 hours. I also complained to the flight staff. I also tried to steal the flight staff's seat just to get away from the smell so I can just like unplug my nose and I got in trouble for that, by the way. Don't ever sit in the staff's seat, the flight attendant seat. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, 10 hours of that. Of I, I held a blanket over in my nose to survive that one. It was like I was gagging whenever I would take the blanket off my nose. It's <laughs> uh, actually a good topic, though. What's your, what's your worst flight experience, Matt? <laughs> my worst flight experience? Coming back from Abu Dhabi was just terrible. You're just in the middle of the seat for 15 hours. I was in the middle of the seat for 15 hours. Um, so on the flight, everyone got their own little like headrest entertainment system, and uh, 
the lady who made me switch seats, her like power charging didn't work, so she kept like trying to reach over like <laughs> me to plug her USB in. And I'm like, plug? Uh, yeah, I'm like, this, this is not happening. Uh, the movies weren't that great. Like I watched Harry Potter and like the what is it, the Tales of the Beasts or Tales of whatever it is, the new one that came out of, like last year. I watched that like six times. And I had nothing else to watch. It just, oh my like, god. I was like, I was too tired to like pay attention to an actual movie. Like Arrival was on, and like I really wanted to watch it, but 15 minutes in, like I just completely lost my uh, my uh, train of thought, and I was just like, no, this is gonna be hard. No, so I just switched back to Harry Potter, and uh, like we were surrounded by like everyone. Like it was like me and my coworker. We were like the only two white dudes, and everyone else is like Middle Eastern Indian. So like no one drinks. But when they rolled the liquor trolley, because, like, I guess coming from, like, that long of a flight, you get free boobs. And so I checked the time. It was, like, 6 o'clock Chicago time is when they rolled it out. And I was just like, this guy right here, me. (laughs) I was, like, double fisting whiskey and Coke. So I was like, I I need to numb the pain. And I just remember, like, we got off at, I think we landed at O'Hare. And I just raced to McDonald's because I was starving. And I was like, it's McDonald's. <laughs> so, probably the worst ever right there. Mine was, uh, it wasn't horrible, I guess, but we were, there's two guys who were like visibly drunk when they got on the plane, right? Like you just tell they, they had them a day. And uh, they were super loud and obnoxious. They were sitting right behind me. And uh, during takeoff, so like we were vertical in the air, and the one guy starts to throw it up. And he's oh. throwing up just into the aisle, and it's running oh. down the aisle. And then this lady starts screaming, like, it's in my purse! You threw oh. it in my purse! And so everybody's trying to, like, get up while we're taking off, and the flight attendants are, like, yelling, stay oh, in your seat, yeah. stay in your seat. It was just, oh, it was, it was something. That, I can already smell the throw up right now. It was so bad. It, the smell lasted at least, like, half the flight, and they, like, came in the lie, saw everything, but it was just so bad. I feel oh. like I'm going to throw up now. It's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, little crap. Guys are Matt. Quick, change the subject. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so cycling. So, it's great. You know, in airplanes, uh, I used to say like, that's so ridiculous. Why would you have a sign in the bathroom saying no smoking? It's obviously, it's obvious that you're not supposed to smoke in an airplane. Well, in the last year, one of the flights I took, uh, someone got in trouble for smoking in the bathroom. Really? He didn't know. Like I didn't. I didn't know. I was. I wasn't allowed to do that. But there's like signs everywhere. He he did an e cigar, uh, e cigarette, and like, oh, no one's gonna notice. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> not how that works. The whole airplane smelt like his his e cigarette, even though it's supposed to evaporate in the air. I. But it's amazing what happens when there's like no air filters, <laughs> no airflow. Yeah. I huh. felt bad for that guy. I think they need to make the sign bigger in the bathroom so that doesn't happen again. <laughs> they should just have it like automatically douse you with water if it catches it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should know you're going to walk out just soaked if you try it. That would be funny. I should like put like a cone of shame on you or something so everyone knows. <laughs> you have to wear this hat the whole fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. On the flip side, like the best flight I've ever been on, oddly, was in India. It was like a 45 minute plane ride from Delhi to Jaipur. Like it was like a prop plane. So, like the thing shook the entire time. Like I was, I was waiting for like a wing to fall off. And yet, like they gave us sandwiches and like everything on this plane. I was like, this is the most magical experience I've ever had. Like, 45-minute plane, like, literally got up in the air and we're already coming back down. They're like, your sandwiches? And I'm like, I just, like, stay on this plane? This is, this is legit. <laughs> nice. Oh, I remember of a, a, a really strange flight experience. I, luckily, it was, like, a three-hour flight. I, right before, right when I was boarding, I was, like, chewing on this, like, chewy candy. And I was chewing really hard. And for some reason... Mm. I bit my tongue, hardest I've ever bit it in my entire life. And it was just like pouring out blood. I spent uh, two hours in the flight holding my tongue wrapped around with gauze, just like squeezing it closed. Like, 
<laughs> for two hours. And there was a lot of, I had a lot of stares of people just staring at me like what they can <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame them though, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish there was a video of that. That's, it's like funny to think back at it, but during that time, it's like no, a horrible situation. <laughs> Um, I can't think of I chew slower now since that time. I, I take my time chewing now. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of carelessly. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> More stories? Right. Uh, yeah. Y'all got anything? I think we're, I mean, we're at time. So if you want to wrap up, we can. I don't know anything else. No more. Shit. The dog is wrapping up. <laughs> yeah, the dog totally has some shit he wants to add before we wrap up. Like, Hold on. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us, Tessa. I appreciate it. Uh, make sure everyone checks out both Southeast PHP and uh, API City. And, and uh, API Struts. Oh, yeah. And API Struts. Uh, we'll throw up links to those in the show notes. And we'll see y'all in a few weeks.